0: You know, when you look at the world around us and there's just all this stuff going on, there's a lot of times where we as humans get to this point where like, we just wish someone was in control, who knew what they were doing, who could see all the things ahead of them and make perfect decisions and just fix all this stuff that we're going through. You know, it doesn't matter what country you're in, it doesn't matter what time period you're in, these are always the ways that humanity would feel that's actually even part of the reason that israel ever god's people ever got a king in the first place they were supposed to be following god um, and god alone and god would use leaders to lead them but but israel started saying like we want a king we want a we want a king like all the other nations not just following god but Someone put in charge of us who can follow God, and we can follow them. And God tells Israel, "It's like, look, if if you want that, you can have that. But you gotta understand, there's gonna be a lot of bad stuff that happens. Humanity, when it's given power, when it's given authority, all the paths that they're gonna go down are gonna be miserable for you. They're gonna take your children. They're gonna put them into uh, uh, indentured servitude, slavery." They're gonna work in, in, in the palace for royalty. Uh, things aren't gonna be good for you. Your children are gonna be sent off to war. Like these are just the things that come with having a human king. These are the, these are the kind of things you want. And Israel is like, yeah, yeah, we wanna be like everybody else. We want a king. They're thinking, you know, like if we had a human to follow, then things would be easier. Then we would finally be getting what we want. What they learn, the hard way, that humanity does not lead well. It even starts with the first king, Saul. Saul is chosen by God, and then Saul does such a bad job of leading Israel that God actually says he regrets having chose Saul to to be king. And so David rises up, and now we're going to follow David. And David does an all right job, and, and eventually Solomon comes around. He does... Okay, job and even these ones who do an okay job actually have a lot of miserable moments where they do really bad things and and Solomon is really smart really wise uh, but even he gets corrupted by all the power and uh, Just everything else that feeds into his life until eventually we just get to a string of just bad king after bad king after bad king. And the occasional good kings we get are rare, and even they have their pretty magnificent blunders along the way. And Isaiah now comes and tells us, look, not only are your kings bad, but Israel, you too have just kind of lost it. And so God has has to go about making things different. You have to face judgment But then there comes this word about the coming Messiah, who we know as Jesus. There comes this word that someone will finally rise up and they will lead all of this right. They will be a part of Jesse. Uh, It's kind of a popular passage, you've probably heard it before, maybe you've heard it before. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. So Isaiah 11 one is kind of phrased strangely because on one hand We have a shoot something is coming out of the stump of Jesse, but at the same time Jesse himself Is coming out of the root of this shoot of this Messiah So whatever whoever this Messiah is there's something Miraculous and supernatural about him. He's both before and after Jesse now, this Messiah that's going to come is finally going to give us a king that we can follow, a king that we would desire, a king that, that we can trust. And the ways in which Isaiah goes on to describe this king is like the, the, the ultimate king that Israel could have ever desired, that any human could have ever desired. Because the things that this king is perfect at are the kind of qualities that you would want. Any king, any president, any kind of political leader. First off, it's going to be someone with with great understanding who's in charge of us. And great wisdom who's in charge of us. And wisdom, that's a loaded word. You might remember back in the Garden of Eden, we were given an option. We could either follow God and therefore get our wisdom through God. Or we could eat from the tree of knowledge of of good and evil we could get wisdom through this tree this forbidden wisdom we chose the tree and ever since then we've been getting our wisdom in incorrect ways and we in our humanity don't even know how to process wisdom right we didn't receive it in the way that god wanted us to receive it through him eventually you get uh uh solomon who he's offered kind of like the ultimatum again look solomon i'll give you anything you want you just tell me solomon's magic genie moment god's like one wish i i will grant you and solomon's like give me wisdom in other words he's facing the tree all over again solomon giving you any choice you want you can choose the tree you can choose the power and and the riches and everything that comes with this tree you can do that but solomon chooses no i want the wisdom that's from god i choose wisdom And so solomon is gifted with wisdom and and this messiah this leader this royal king who is to come he is going to have that kind of wisdom as well and that's the kind of wisdom that just blows your mind if you ever come across someone with just incredible wisdom to a point that like you don't even know how to explain it i had a college professor who was that for me just every time he spoke there were classes i would sit through with other professors where like i didn't hear a word i was just. Sometimes bored out of my mind But this professor like I just wanted to hear everything I would soak it all in He spoke in such a way that like I could feel the Holy Spirit moving while he spoke I also had another professor who I took copious notes. I'm not a note-taker I don't learn very well when I'm taking notes. I I just have to listen and soak it in But this guy everything he said I just wanted to write it all down both of these teachers were great in a, a kind of wisdom that I had rarely seen in other areas of, of my pursuit of God. And I loved it and I soaked it in. Solomon was like that in the time that he lived. You know, we all throughout the ages, we've had great philosophers and teachers that stand out in history and we still read their stuff today. Solomon was like that in his time. Uh, the Bible tells us that people like from all over the nations were like coming to hear this guy to hear his wisdom and the way in which he would apply this wisdom to his reign and everything else he was doing. I mean, Solomon was like the dude of his time. Maybe you have someone like that in your life or maybe it's someone that that we all have. Like C.S. Lewis for me would be a, a public figure that scratches that itch for wisdom for me. When he speaks, I'm just, I'm caught up in, in like the interest of what he's saying. There's almost like this This like, I don't even know how to say it. There's just something about his words that keep bringing me in deeper and keep pushing my mind towards Jesus to to learn more. And so, Isaiah tells us that there is coming a king who will be great in this wisdom. He will have it perfectly for us and the Holy Spirit will grant it to him. Not only that, not only wisdom, but understanding and that sounds like the same thing to us yeah wisdom understanding it's all the same word jamie just looking at the source you know but this idea of understanding or binah, which it was in hebrew uh it was more of like a, a discernment of sorts not just street smarts and deep smarts but the ability to put those smarts where they belong and discern how to use them properly so think of it this way You know what makes a good judge? It's not someone who opens a law book and says, okay, you've committed this crime, let me see section 457 point B. Ah, yes, here is the result of your actions right here. That doesn't make a good judge because then anyone can be a judge. All you have to do is know how to read a rule book. What makes a good judge is someone who has the wisdom of how the courts are supposed to work has the understanding of why you're judging in the first place and and the ultimatum that you hope for the person on the other end that you're judging. And they take all of that and they take the story and they take the verdict and they take prior cases where something like this has happened before and what they did in those cases. They take all of that collective wisdom together and then they discern as a judge how to apply it to the situation that they are in. You've had that in your own life, right? With your children or with a friend, they do something and you use your collective experience of when you've had this moment before and all the results that have come based on with kids, maybe like the punishment you used, how it resulted, what was effective in the past, what wasn't. And then you use all that discernment to put the law into place. I would actually suggest that the Old Testament law, one of the problems that we have uh, throughout history as people look at the old testament law and because it's sacred which it is they'll they'll look at it and they will apply it like point blank sometimes to the situations at hand so they'll take a law that is in the bible and then just like this person committed this crime use this result in the bible right against them but what if we were to suggest as I'm pretty sure there was one book I read where the scholar was going this direction. I just can't remember where it was. But if I remember right, their point essentially was, like, the Old Testament law are examples. Okay, so-and-so did this. Here's the result. That's not to say, like, this is the ultimatum for every time this is committed for the rest of eternity. Rather, this is how we dealt with it in this situation. So when you find yourself as a judge in a situation similar to this down the road know that this is what we did before and you'll want to work probably within the bounds of this see what makes a good judge is someone who takes all the wisdom together and then discerningly puts it into the situation that they're in maybe you've met a judge like that I went to court with someone once and it was a real bummer to me Uh, what they were getting in trouble for was a minor offense but I knew that Um, because of the situation, the minor offense could blow up into something that it wasn't and didn't need to be. And I was there with the discernment like that it doesn't have to go that direction, but you never know what's gonna happen in a a legal situation. What if it does explode in the way that, that it could? And so I'm sitting there nervous this whole time, praying, please God, don't let this turn into the kind of legality that it could be and the judge does have some verdicts and some results that were appropriate for for the small minor problem but to the place in which he could have taken it he looked at the situation he even saw me as a pastor and mentioned like it looks like you have some some good friends and good support here and person mentioned that i was their pastor is like oh okay like took into account like this person standing in front of you is not a bad person and using all of that they were able to come up with a um a result and a verdict that made sense not just by the law alone but by the discernment and wisdom to put the law into place imagine then when Isaiah is saying a king is coming where the Holy Spirit will anoint him, not just for the wisdom to know all these things and how it all works out, but the ability to understand, to discern, to be nah, all of this stuff. Come up with the right verdicts, come up with the right interactions and things like that. A, a king that we can trust because he can't be wrong. And, and what about since we're already on this judging track not just a judge who who can discern correctly but but a judge who who does not take into account your appearance your socioeconomic situation your class situation your the rumors about you the gossip about you the lies about you what if there was a judge who was blind to all that stuff what if this king was blind to all that stuff and that sounds crazy to us Cause you know, most Kings get to where they are by some kind of stretch of a lot of times power already. Think of the Kings of old, right? You become a King because you were born a King. Therefore you're raised in royalty. You become royalty in the ancient world. You don't really have this uh, underdog (laughs) underdog. I mean, there's some stories where that comes through, but with most Kings, a King is born a King. The underdogs though, um, that, that would be unusual in an ancient world. Today that's sometimes unusual as well. Occasionally someone who is born into poverty and difficulty rises to the top, but then a lot of times someone who's already known riches and power and wealth their whole life gets to the top. Because in order to take rich take like the high seats and things like that, you need lots of money for advertising and all kinds of stuff. You have to be primed for those situations. And yet, isaiah tells us uh, imagine someone who who's blind to all the things that make minorities minorities and poor people poor imagine someone who sees all the meek people out there and judges them with equity that they're treated the same way that the rich and powerful are imagine a world in which we all um are able to live on a scale where that power of the king he treats us and judges us fairly and in the same uh, way that makes sense to each and every situation that he comes across i mean that's that's unthinkable that's not how humanity works and yet isaiah is telling us out of the shoot of jesse out of the root of jesse there will be someone who will come and will judge appropriately and it brings to my mind you know in greek mythology maybe you've seen the picture before or somewhere but uh in greek mythology there was a goddess who had a blindfold on and they're holding scales to weigh out like judgment on any situation and they hold a sword as well uh, to execute judgment on any situation but the point of that blindfold shows you that um, not only among christianity but among all different kinds of cultures there's this understanding that when it comes to judging judging often is unfair because we judge people very quickly i don't have the stats right in front of me i wrote about it in my first book taste of jesus but um uh, one of the facts that i came across is like your ability to judge someone is so quick like i think it's within a second maybe if not then let's say a few seconds you see someone and you judge instantly if you can or can't trust them based on how they look, how they act, who they are, so on and so forth. Which means, you know, people like me, we get judged uh, for all different kinds of reasons. For me, I'm told I have an angry resting face uh, that when I'm just chill, I look mad. And that gives people, I think, reason to <laughs> to like, if in their instant judgment of me, is like, mm, I don't like this guy. He's, he doesn't strike me as a fond person. Uh, and I've had people judge me, I think, in those ways before. Um, and as people get to know me, they realize I'm not that way. Uh, Casey, for example, we went to college together. And when he was first getting to know me, he talks about, oh, that was Jamin's jerk phase. He was a jerk back then. Now, it's not just because I have a resting angry face. I was kind of a jerk back then. But as he got to know me, he saw like Jamin for who he really is. He didn't just have to judge him by his angry face. Um, but we we look around at our own society and we see that judgment goes wrong all the time on people, right? Uh, I mean, that's what this movement uh, to end all this uh, injustice that happens between police officers and minorities that's all based on on people rising up, saying, look at the camera evidence, look at uh, all these situations, look at how many black people are in prison or wrongly accused or uh, pulled over when they shouldn't be. When we look at these situations, we realize, yeah, you know what, people are being judged by the color of their skin. And then there's this this hope, not just from Christians, but from people from other other backgrounds and religions and cultures that there would rise up someone with a blindfold around their eyes. And Isaiah says that that's gonna be the Messiah. This king who's gonna reign, he's not gonna judge you based on how you live, uh, or sorry, based on like where you lived and and how you uh, were raised and the color of your skin or this and that, or your resting angry face. Like that's not the judgment. He doesn't see any of that. He's blind to all of that you will be judged rather by if you have claimed allegiance to this king if you're following this king this messiah and have have the faith that he has saved you because it's only by him that you will be saved and we live lives that appropriately show that we do have allegiance to him and that we are uh putting our faith in him Because faith without works, of course, is dead, you know, this whole debate back and forth. But our allegiance to King Jesus, to this King Messiah, to this perfect coming King, that is what Christianity is about. He doesn't judge us based on our appearance. That's the whole thing with Acts. Rather than just reach the Jews, he sends the Jews out who have now recently received Jesus to go and save people of all the other nations. No matter where they're from that they would receive salvation wherever they would be from now uh if you do want to go deeper into uh the injustices uh just in general between the judge uh, like the court system the justice system and um those who are black go to naacp.org naacp.org Right as soon as you get there is just facts after facts all the way down that will help you go deeper into that conversation But the good news about Jesus Is that there is no injustice in him? It doesn't go wrong with him he is good and his judgments are made with the blindfold on and Rather he just lives in the truth of knowing all things the wisdom of all things and the discernment to weigh out proper judgment So We've already talked about a few characteristics of this coming Messiah that Isaiah gave us, but let's get just a few more. What if they had the right answers as to what to do in every situation? What if they knew the wisdom of what was right in God's eyes? So they didn't only like know God, but they knew like what the proper way to live him out would be. So he gave proper counsel or advice to us as to how we should live based on any situation we come across. You know there are there's a lot of great counselors out there uh, but even human counselors get it wrong sometimes um, I think of um, my own self as a pastor uh, I'm not a counselor but I've taken at least one class in counseling and it is a general pastoral job to offer counsel to people and so occasionally I do that. and Of course, there are many things where it's just like, yeah, you'll need to see a counselor for really getting into this because I'm only trained so far. Um, but occasionally I'll get into conversations with people and I'll offer counsel and it sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's just finding the right technique. But this king will always give the perfect counsel. This king will have the perfect kind of might. Actually the way that is phrased from Isaiah, and it's the same picture that's picked up in Revelation is that Jesus's might, this Messiah's might, will all be found in his mouth. He just speaks and it happens. That's all he needs to do. The words of his mouth are his sword, his verdicts are perfect. And when he speaks, things just happen. And we've seen this before, right? Uh, with with uh, those moments where someone speaks and like you just know it has to happen once we had a bunch of friends over we were playing some games and then one of the kids had acted out and my wife just beckett you know and like not she used her mom voice you know what i'm talking about the kids didn't just go silent but the whole room went silent because we all heard our mom's voice in that moment and we all were called to attention (laughs) that's the kind of voice that that the messiah will have that mom voice you know like they speak and it happens that's all the words that they need that is enough to hear it and the reaction is immediate and Jesus throughout the Gospels are is seen as having exousia this supernatural authority on his words that when he speaks people listen and they often are like we've never heard anything like this because he stood out in a different way Jesus also this Messiah will have the perfect knowledge of God Uh, you know and that's not just theological you know it'd be great to have the perfect theological knowledge of the study of who God is but we don't Uh, there's even there's one famous uh, um, theologian back in the 13th century st. Thomas of Aquinas Aquinas was a great theologian wrote a lot of works and one day just stopped writing and when he was asked why he had a vision and according to him or at least according to legend, that vision was so extreme or incomprehensible, it just blew his mind so much that all of his work just seemed like straw. It seemed like nothing anymore. So he stopped. What good is my theology with this experience I've just had? You know, that's, that's kind of like humanity. Like, we want to understand God better, and we're called to understand Him better, and so we chase Him to understand better and understand Him on a theological level. But at some point, the mind's just blown, you know, and we, we just don't know how to handle it anymore. And yet, this Messiah will have the knowledge of God, of you know, the knowledge of God. And knowledge in the Bible oftentimes implies, like, relational knowledge, a relationship, It's as though Jesus could walk over to God, ask him his opinion, and come back with the answer. Kind of like what Moses would do. He would meet with God face to face. Go to God, ask the questions, get the answers, come back to the people. And this Messiah, this king, will have that as well. And this Messiah, this king, will also be grounded in the fear of God. Now look, human rulers do a lot of stupid things when they're not grounded in the fear of God. When we put our fear in uh all different kinds of things whether it be rumors over seas of what might come to us or needing to be in charge or with the most wealth or to conquer this or that like we put our fears in places where satan just rules over us but when we put our fear in god it directs our attention to the to right things to be afraid of because god is the right one to be afraid of And isaiah has already said this in his prophetic book he's already said Uh, If you're going to be afraid of anything, be afraid of God. Don't be afraid of all these rumors and conspiracy theories. Ground your fear in God. Because then any fear that you have will be in the right place. Because he's already stronger than all these rumors and conspiracy theories. And if you're just afraid of him, that's all you need to be afraid of. Because he's stronger than everything else. And the Messiah will have that correct knowledge of God, that correct fear of God. Uh, Now since all these examples have already sounded ridiculous, like who could ever have all this perfect kingship, let's go ahead and just make it a complete fictional world while we're at it right let's say that wolves will lie down and hang out with sheep uh let's say that uh beckett and jericho that beckett could go out and walk a lion while jericho goes out and and walks a a baby cow a calf right next to it and all of them are just like laughing and having fun the lions licking jericho and and no one's even afraid this doesn't even sound ridiculous to them Uh, let's say that that there's a ox and a bear no, a cow and a bear and they're out eating grass. That they become vegetarians and renounce their carnivore ways. They're eating grass and hanging out and then a lion comes up and you're afraid, oh no, he's gonna eat them. And then the lion just starts eating some some uh, um, straw right next to them and they're all hanging out, having a good time. And a woman sees her her baby w- crawl, one year old, just crawl out the front door. And uh, as it's crawling, it. It sticks its hand in a hole in the ground and pulls out a snake and the snake wraps around it and gives it a hug, it doesn't hurt it. Like this is a fictional world of peace. And under this understanding, it's this king has done such a good job of installing peace that this is the way in which life works now. That sounds ridiculous to us, right? I mean, we can't even get dogs and cats to live in our houses peaceably sometimes. I was walking through Greece on a missions trip once And we had this dog, because there's stray dogs and cats everywhere. This dog's just walking with us. Like, what a good dog, what a good dog. And then it just sees a stray cat, walks over to it, picks it up, whips it around, hits my friend with the cat, kills the cat, puts the cat back down, and then just continues walking with us. And I'm like, what just happened? And especially my friend who got hit by the cat. It's like, what just happened? You know, like, Animals don't get along like that. And yet, Isaiah tells us that that's what this is going to be like. The Messiah will put things so right that the world will be in perfect peace, and perfect unison, and perfect harmony. And that's a picture of the Garden of Eden, back when animals were just brought to us to name, and we lived in peace, and we didn't eat meat, and all these things. In other words, the Messiah is going to be so perfect in all these things But the world will finally be brought to peace. Things will finally be made right. We no longer will have to fear about everything wrong. Eden will return to us. And those who live with this King, who pledge allegiance to this King Jesus, who follow this Messiah Jesus and live for him and and look to be made right in all of this King's wisdom and knowledge and fear of the Lord and, and discernment and all this stuff, those are the ones we will continue to live in this utopia of a planet that we've always dreamed of.